Hi everyone, this is Jen. And this is Dom. And you're listening to 99% Chance of Wine and Murder. Hey everyone, so this is our first podcast. Uh, I'm Jen. And I'm Dom. Obviously, we said that already, so it's fine. Um, I am a single mom of two beautiful boys, and I've always kind of had an interest in true crime and how this mind works of a killer. I also have a passion for wine, so, you know, this is kind of perfect for me. Yep. I am 23 years old. I am married to a wonderful husband named Nate Withrow. Um, I only like white wine, which we've discussed this morning needs to change, so I'm going to have to start drinking rosé and adventuring out a little on here. I also love true crime and murder, not committing the act, but just, you know, (laughs) reading about it, like, fucked up things. Yeah, we like fucked up things. Yeah, Yeah, I mean... It's okay, though. It's fine. We're normal. We're normal. We both work normal jobs. We just like to get together and uh, talk about true crime and watch uh, Netflix shows on it and, you know. All the murdery things you could think of. Yeah. And I got Dom introduced to podcasts. Love the podcasts. Great thing to listen to, so we hope that you enjoy ours. Uh, So every time we record, we're going to each read a murder or two that we think is, like, very interesting. But we're not going to tell each other beforehand. Those are Dom's dogs. <laughs> They're also very excited about wine and murder. Uh, yeah, so anyways, let's get started. I think I'm going to go first. Yeah. Okay. Tell me what the murder so is. I have two murders to talk about. Two. Two. So I'm going to start, actually, I think, with the one from Airdrie, because that's where we are. Airdrie, Alberta. Who would have known? Don't stalk us. Okay. We're great. And I believe that this is the murder that probably got me interested in murder because I remember talking about it in middle school. Um, I'm not going to tell you how old I am because I'm <laughs> a lot older than Dom. No, no, she's, she's not. <laughs> we're, so, both, we're both 23. This is the story of Stephen Arnold Ford. So he used, I mean, basically the story is that he used an axe to murder both of his parents while they slept. The fuck? Yeah. Yeah. So he was 17 at the time, and this happened in 1989, so I was only two years old when when this went on, but I was living in Airdrie, so... That's crazy. Yeah. I remember my friend in middle school used to live a block away from the house where the murders were committed, and we'd always walk over there. (sighs) Just because, like, I I thought it was fucking cool because I'm weird. Because you wanted to get murdered, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) <laughs> Anyways, so uh, <laughs> so that night, uh, so that night, his parents had went and dropped his his sister off, who was fifteen at the time, at her cousin's house because she was going to babysit overnight. So Dom is right now taking the collar off her dog so it doesn't jingle in your ears <laughs> while I'm telling a story, and she's being currently smothered Mauled. smothered by both of her dogs. <laughs> They're pretty cute, though. I mean, they are pretty cute. They're all right. We'll we'll post a picture later, <laughs> just so you can all see it. Okay. Anyways, so she went and babysat overnight at her cousin's house. Uh, after his parents had went to bed that night, he had invited some friends over to drink, um, and they watched, I guess, some pretty violent Vietnam War movies. <laughs> just a casual dog bark in there. <laughs> 
she sees a murderer outside our window. She's protect. She's protecting us. So is the other one. Um. So you know, <laughs> this is a good story, you guys. So after his friends left, uh, he decided that he was going to continue to drink alone. And for no apparent reason, at five thirty in the morning, he just turned over, turned around, grabbed an axe from the basement, and then proceeded to climb the stairs. What the fuck? Yeah, so he goes into his parents' bedroom, and he just start he, he attacked his father first, and then he attacked his mother, and he struck them 20 times each. That's so insane. What would drive somebody to do that? Right, and, like, it's never been... They've never gotten an actual answer out of him as to what his motive was that night. So I don't know. Maybe if he was on other drugs, I don't know. Was he abused? Well, that's... Uh, like, I don't know. Like, they've never... I mean, maybe just because it happened in 1989, like, they never dived into you know, what went on with him here. Like, why? what drives you yeah, to pick like, up an axe and walk upstairs and kill your parents, you know? So, he then he, uh, after he killed both his parents, he he stole his their money, uh, some cash that they had, credit cards, and then he took off in his mom's car, and he just, like, left a note on the fucking kitchen counter that said, the war is on pigs. Wow. As like, in the what? police officers? Apparently. I mean, that's what I would assume that's what that meant. Ew. So then he drove five hours to Swift Current, Saskatchewan. Uh, and then he went on a mini shopping spree. Just, <laughs> like, bought, like, watches and clothes. I'm gonna and... spoil myself after murdering yeah. my parents. Congratulations, Stephen. You murdered your parents. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but then around dinner time that night, he called police, and he, and he confessed to the murders. And they, what? Uh, right. And he went out there and picked them up, um, and, like, they, they literally are, have no idea why he did this. Um, <clears throat> but I think, like, probably the saddest part of this is his sister is the one who came home the next oh my morning. God. Like, just found her parents murdered. That's so sad. And, like, I, apparently she's still, like, in therapy, and, like, he is forbidden to contact her. Well, I would hope so. What if he wanted to kill her, too? Right. Like, I would, I would never want to talk to my brother again. I don't... Will he ever be released from prison? So here's the real... Here's here's the real thing. That really bugs me about, you know, the Canadian justice system. Uh, So he was sentenced as an adult, even though he was only 17 at the time of the murders. And uh, he had got two life sentences without the possibility of parole for 20 years. And exactly 20 years to the date of the crimes... He got released from prison because he was on, on good Wow. So, right, like, he currently, I, I don't know what his new name is. He changed his name. I hope he's not living in Airdrie anymore. He lives in, but he lives in Vancouver now, like, with, just, like, with a girlfriend just that he met while he was in prison. Just walking around the street. Living his best life. Holy. Like, you. just fucked you up. You brutally murdered both your parents with an axe, and you're just, like. I think anybody that kills anybody without defending themselves should have to stay in prison without parole permanently. I agree. Like, when he got released from prison, he was 37 years old. You still have a whole life to live. Yeah. Like, what about all the other people that he could go cut up with an axe? Exactly. So, I mean, that's pretty fucked up. That is, you know, my little bit of a hometown murder. Because I grew up in Airdrie as well, so... Yeah. Murder number two. I hope you're all ready for this. This is also fucked up. I'm ready. So this happened in 1959... In Stetler, Alberta, this quiet little town in central Alberta, 
it's a pretty small town. Um, so the guy's name was Robert Raymond Cook, and he was 22 at the time of the murders. Um, he murdered seven people. Holy. At 22? At 22. So he had, the, a week before the murders took place, he got released from prison. So I don't know, like, I couldn't find as to why he was in prison before, but I think it was something like theft or, like, that kind of thing. Like some sort of robbery, burglary. Yeah, exactly. And so um, he, I guess, so he got, so he's driving around in this new Impala, and the police pull him over, and they're like, this doesn't make any sense, because... He had just been at a dealership and traded in a really old vehicle that belonged to his father, and he posed as his father. What? To at like twenty-two. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so they gave him this car, and police pulled him over and and arrested him. And then, so they went to his father's house to um, to tell his father what had happened. And that's when they found he was dead. His father, oh his stepmom, and five children. Oh my god. All in this grease pile in the garage. All dead. Were they burned? So his his father and his mother were shot to death. Oh. His siblings, who let me just tell you. Let me tell you the details. So his dad was fifty-three and his wife, Daisy, was thirty-seven, and they had been shot in the head. Uh, and then uh, the children, so there was Gerald, who was nine, Patrick, who was eight, Christopher, who was seven, Kathy was five, and uh, Linda May was three. They had all so been sad. bludgeoned to death. Jesus. So he, he killed, like, he shot the parents and gave them a fast death and then just beat his siblings to death. What kind of evil? What kind like, of fucking piece of shit does that? And the, the reason they found the bodies is because they pulled him over because he had... Like That's crazy. Um, yeah, so, like, the butt of the shotgun apparently was found wrapped around, like, one of the kids, Gerald, the oldest kid's mm-hmm. um, dead body. What? The, beds in, the bed and bed clothes of, um, were found, sorry, of this, like, it was like a tiny little bungalow, were soaked with blood, and there was more splattered on the TV. Some walls looked like they had been washed. As if he was trying to... Cover it up. Kind of clean it up, but he didn't actually clean it up. Like, he just washed the walls, but, like, everything else. So then the bodies were all thrown into a pit in the garage covered with garbage. Holy. That's very... Right? Heinous. Like... Yeah, so obviously then he stole the car from his father's house and, like, went to the dealership and, like, switched it over. Um, so police had a had charged him with it and he went they went to trial this is also an interesting case because he was the last man that was hanged in alberta history like the what? last and then they stopped the hanging death penalty holy so he's the last person that's so interesting so he went to trial and uh he to the day that he died said that he was innocent and said that he didn't do it uh but there was a there was a lot of like circumstantial evidence linking him to the killings. So, like, a suit that he made in prison was found in their house, covered in blood. So, obviously, he was wearing it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a box of family documents in his car, including birth certificates, insurance policies, his father's marriage certificate, 
and the kids' report cards. He was also carrying a suitcase with four sets of children's pajamas inside, a package what? of new bed sheets, and a photo album with pictures of his mother. That's so weird. So weird. Like what? The, you took like those you things from the killed house? them. So why would you? Yeah. Even want to do anything? Exactly. Um. So it says suspicion was heightened even further when Cook escaped from the Pinocchio Mental... So they put him in the Pinocchio Mental Hospital. Um, and then he was told that he wasn't allowed to, obviously, fucking attend the funerals of these people. Right. Because... Why should he be allowed? You fucking killed them. Yeah, if you're the reason they're dead. So he escaped from there, and then a manhunt pursued. Holy. And they found him in like a, on a fucking pig farm, just like hanging out. Like, And he was like... Like, a few days later, they just found him in there, and he surrendered, like, no problem. So he goes to trial, and the jury, um, so the judge asked him if he had anything to say, because after he, the jury can obviously convicted him of the killings, and, right. you know, he was sentenced. Because it was obvious. Um, and so, he said, the only thing I have to say is that I'm not guilty, and then the judge was like, is there anything else you want to say? And he's like, no, sir, I didn't do this, and I couldn't have done it. It says the verdict was appealed and Cook faced a second trial in the summer of 1960. This time the jury only deliberated for 30 minutes before finding him guilty again. Wow. And you know how like we've watched shows on Netflix where you're on death row and it lasts years. Years. Like you're in prison You basically for still years. live your life in prison. Um, so he was convicted in the summer of 1960 and he was sentenced to hang like that October. And then... And he did. He died. He did. They hung him. I mean, it's a awkward topic of the death penalty, but... Yeah. And sometimes it needs to needs to happen, in my, my I, opinion. I, I for an eye, am I right? I mean, that yeah, that's my personal opinion anyways. I, some people may not agree, but... I, I have to agree. I mean, I, I get... But I, I think it's... I think this is cool, because it was, like, the last time they ever hung someone for... Yeah. So mm-hmm. then he, like, he was executed um, on November 15th of 1960. Wow. Um, and then I guess he, he wrote a final letter to this woman named Lila who had written to him in prison who he considered to be one of his friends. He said, the last thing he wrote was, I just received word, the dog's cuddling me now, um, that the, sen- the sentence is to be carried out tonight. I want you to know, he called her mom, mom, your faith in me was a true faith and not displaced. I am innocent and tonight... Oh, he's not great at writing. (laughs) And tonight murder will be committed in the name of the law. Well, I mean... You murdered somebody else, so... You murdered... You you shot two people in the head and then you bludgeoned to death seven or five children. Yeah. That's horrendous. You're fucked up. Yeah. I mean... What was he even thinking in those moments? Like, what? You're killing a... Like, you're... uh, uh, You gave an easy... Like, not that any of the deaths were good, but you gave an easy death to the parents, and then you beat to death and tortured children. You deserve to be hanged, in my opinion. Yeah. I would agree. Anyways, there's my opinion (laughs) on the murder. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Okay, Tom, it's your turn! (laughs) So... In my murder, I picked one uh, that I thought was pretty heinous. In my mind, it's not good to murder anybody, 
but for someone to go after somebody with a disadvantage or a child or an elderly person, um, I feel is just even more heinous. Um, so a couple questions that went through my mind when I was actually reading the murder of um, Derek Suretsky's murders was what drives one to commit the acts of unthinkable evil and like is it the way the person was born the way the circuits in their head work childhood abuse unloving homes um, I mean I feel like it's a mix of everything I, it definitely is and they it's crazy like with serial killers and everything they say that there's like two two things have to happen and it seems like a pattern with all yeah with all serial killers like you have a head trauma you're abused as a child yeah. or molested and almost uh, always molested almost always molested and then like wetting your bed i mean not that that's you know a telltale, a telltale sign. sign but that's another thing and then like cruelty to, to animals. animals which i mean who could hurt an animal i'm clearly <laughs> a very big animal lover <laughs> so uh, yeah we we don't do that <laughs> um but yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk about this murder because I think Derek is crazy to have done this. It it was very uncalled for, um, and it just wasn't good. Um, we have a little girl. Uh, I'm freaking out. <laughs> Okay, so we're back. So I'm just needed a quick break. So yeah. we're all good to go. Okay, so in my murder story, um, Derek Suretsky, who was described as fairly normal before this all happened, um, actually was found to kill three very innocent people. Um, he did some pretty horrible things, which I'm sorry I will share, but just a warning, um, there is a child involved, and for anybody who may not want to hear necessarily what he did to that child, um, it's maybe best not to listen to this part of the podcast. Um, so, Derek uh, was actually described to have some drug issues and alcoholism in his previous years of living by his grandpa. Um, also that maybe he had a slight temper, but they didn't truly know that he could do something quite this heinous. Yeah. Um, so Terry Blanchett and Haley Dunbar Blanchett, they were father and daughter. Um, she was two, he was 27. Uh, very loving family. He was said to be a great father. Um, she was a great little girl. He, for really no reason, he broke into their house one night and he bludgeoned the father. He what? actually attacked him in bed, surprise attack. And bludgeoned him, he uh, choked him, he slit his throat, and they actually believe uh, he died in his bedroom, but there was drag marks from the bedroom to the bathroom. So he must have dragged the body, I don't was know. Was he going to hack him up? What the fuck? Yeah, so he actually drained some of the blood. He was going to drink the blood, but he didn't oh, have the time. Christ. So he actually then went upstairs to where little Haley... Blanchett was sleeping. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm sure she had heard some pretty scary things, and she was sure. probably very upset. Uh, he took her. Instead of killing her there, he actually uh, took her to a campsite of his family's, 
and uh, an Amber Alert was issued for her after um, Terry Blanchett's father found his body since they couldn't find the little girl. Um, by the way, this happened in Crow's Nest Pass, Alberta. And uh, so once the Amber Alert was issued, lots of different things followed. Um, Suretsky was actually pointed out by some neighbors. Uh, the van was issued on the news, and his own father and siblings came forward stating that it was actually a van from their dry cleaning business. And that they thought that he had done this. Um, So that is how he kind of got caught. Uh, The police officers met at the dry cleaners with the father. They kind of questioned him. He wasn't really budging at all on the murder. He wasn't admitting to it. Um, But eventually they asked, well, where is Haley? And he wasn't super clear, but then... father? No, the... Oh, uh, they found Derek? Yeah, Derek. Okay, okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, Derek wasn't super clear. He just kind of danced around the subject for a bit, and after his father kind of took him and talked to him on the side, he said, right. well, you guys all just seen her right there. She's in heaven. Her spirit's floating around. So without fully admitting that he did it... He was clearly stating, yeah, Yeah, which, I mean, they all caught this on tape, which was great um, for the trial, Mm -hmm. but um, he was saying how, you know, she wasn't happy, it was an unloving family, but there was no proof of that. Uh, He was said, like, Terry Blanchett was said to be an amazing father, and uh, Cheyenne uh, Dunbar, the mom, she lived in Edmonton at the time, but they kind of had shared custody. And she was also said to be a very great mother. Um, Something I kind of found really interesting was that Cheyenne and Derek had been reported to have a previous relationship in the past. Holy shit. And this is how he actually knew Haley. Um, Did he think that she was his daughter? You know, I think a lot of people speculated. Um, It was also speculated that he, you know, still loved Cheyenne and wanted... To be with her, so he was doing this to you know, get back at her. You know, that's the that's definitely how you win someone back. It's like yeah, I mean, kill their kill their kid. Like why not, kill right? Their boyfriend and their kid. Uh, sure. I mean that wouldn't that wouldn't uh, please me very much, but <laughs> for some people, I guess no. uh, it's okay. Um, but uh, anyways, he was arrested after some very lengthy interviews. After 30-day psychiatric assessments, um, two of them were performed on him to make sure that he was fit to stand in trial. He was. um, So clearly he was in his right mind at the time of the murders. Uh, Months after this, he actually admitted to a third murder. Um, This one is quite sad as well. I mean, all murders are sad. None of them are fun, um, but Hanny Mechatech, which was actually his first murder, it was created, um, done five days previous to Terry Blanchett and Haley Blanchett. He, some people speculate that he did it to actually kind of get some experience, and uh, she was actually found in the same way. She was bludgeoned to death. Her throat was slit. 
Um, and very sad, she was found by her neighbors. She was said to be an amazing woman, um, but I guess he just didn't care. She, he, she was actually a really good friend of his grandparents, so he had known her basically his entire life. But, uh, yeah. Holy shit. So, as the murder trial persists and all the investigating, uh, he kind of explained what he did to Haley. Um, he did numerous terrible things to her. He strangled her with a shoelace. He dismembered her body. After he dismembered her body, he took pieces of her, like, her heart and tried drinking it, or, sorry, eating it, and then drinking her blood. Um, He thought this would make him a stronger person and please the devil that was in his head who was telling him to do all of this. Um, And he then burned her remains in the campfire, which later took uh, investigators more than three days to search through to actually find all of the things that were Haley. Okay, but like, how can people believe that the devil was telling him to do this when he was obviously not insane when he and he was yeah, yeah. He said that there was a devil telling him to do this. Uh, They wanted dark things committed. He said that God had told him that the little girl was unhappy. This is how he knew this fact. Um, Even though I mean, there was nothing proven that there was any type of abuse or on love in. Haley's life, he believed that she was suffering and he wanted to, I guess, kill her and make himself stronger and... Right, because the right thing to do would be to strangle yeah. someone. Yeah. Um, I don't know who would do that or why he needed to do that, even. Um, he was asked if he did rape her, which he did respond, no, he did not rape her, which, I mean, obviously was a good thing to hear but obviously everything else just kind of pushed that to the side so after all this he was uh, actually charged his hearings happened in Lethbridge with 12 jurors they only took three hours to reach a guilty verdict and uh, he had lots of people in the trial that were good at their jobs I mean they were all great Um, but in the end he did get what he deserved he has a life sentence with no parole for at least 75 years um, for the account of each murder, so 25 years per murder. And he also had an additional five-year sentence for the indignity caused to Haley's body. Um, there was barely anything left for Haley's mom, Cheyenne, to bury, and obviously it was very heinous of him to do this. Um, it wasn't okay, and he did not show any type of remorse He did break down and cry in one of the interviews, but then showed no remorse for the rest of... No one cares if you're crying. Like, you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anybody would do that, but um, just a closing note from Cheyenne Dunbar's mom. It was really sad to listen to her interviews, which I do encourage everyone to do. Um, She said, My life as I knew it has ended. The loss of my baby and her death has torn my life apart. I cry for my daughter every day. I miss my baby so much. She was my world and everything to me. She was my reason for living. Being a mother was a blessing that was stolen from me. Um, Very clearly, she had stated that she didn't ever think that he could ever do anything like this. And um, I think everybody was just very shocked. Uh, 
his grandpa did take the stand against him and say, you know, that he wasn't a very great person. Uh, he had a temper, so they didn't really want him at his house, just in case he got angry or anything. Um, but other than that, three wonderful lives aren't on this earth anymore because of an evil, evil person. Uh, what? I, like, I, I, heard, I remember hearing about this, but I didn't really know all the details. Like, yeah. Like, that, like, gets to me what her mom said about that, because, I mean... You're a mother. I, and I imagine, like, I have a two-year-old. I imagine, like, how he wouldn't know what was happening and how he well, and he just, said like, that so scared and, like... They wondering. did ask him if she had said anything or what was going on, and he said she only cried a little bit. Yeah, because she... So, Because I mean, when you're two years old, you, you think everybody's right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's, you don't expect someone to hurt you. Well, what breaks my heart is just the fact that, I mean, can you imagine what she was... She was really just... She was frightened. Yeah. She didn't know who this person was, why they were doing this, where her mom and dad were, why this was happening. Well, exactly, and, like, my two-year-old is... I mean, you know, I mean, he can tell me what's going on with him, but, I mean, he's just telling me when he's cold now. Like, yeah. You know, like, they don't... Under, like, they just don't understand. Yeah. That. Why is this person why doing is, this? Yeah, why is this happening? That's so sad. Yeah. Oh, people are the worst. People are, like... It's really interesting to think about how someone who could be sitting right next to you, um, their brain, something in their brain just doesn't work the same as yours. They maybe don't have the sympathy or feel guilty inflicting harm, uh, which is, I mean, quite scary to think of. Oh, it definitely is. And uh, Dom and I were just talking about it today, and we both had heard that at least three times in your life you're gonna run in or meet someone who's a a murderer which is like so fucked up it's crazy i mean you think you're at the mall you have a slight brush with somebody you say hi or you bump into them and you say sorry the thought might have crossed their mind that you are their next victim and i mean luckily obviously it doesn't always end out that way maybe you're with people so they can't get to you but to think that at any waking second that you're in a public setting or even at home in in certain cases um that yeah. somebody could just take your life that's why you got to stay alert you got to be ready for everything um that's why i said like i i love scary movies and uh i like being scared but the probably the scariest movie that i've ever heard would have to be heard watched <laughs> With my eyes. Were um, your eyes open, Jen? My but. eyes were open. Yeah. Um, was The Strangers, because I really feel oh. like that's something that could happen. And the reason that they said that they were attacking these people is because they were home. Yeah, The Strangers, I mean, oh, okay. there's been a couple of remakes of it now, but every single one is terrifying. Terrifying. They do the worst, and could you imagine just waking up and answering your door and having this weird-faced, non-talking person stare back at you. Well, and I have to give a shout-out to uh, my sister-in-law, Kate, here. She told me this story about her friends who lived in Australia, and uh, I guess one night uh, her friend and her boyfriend were sleeping, and they were woken up because someone knocked on their door. 
and they heard a baby crying. What? Outside. And then she was about to get up, and he pushed her back down, and he said, no, just hold on. And she, uh, and she was like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, just wait a minute, because it's the middle of the night. And, like, there was just a baby crying outside, and it was, like, just so weird. To lure them, maybe. And then all of a sudden, they waited five... I, not even five minutes, maybe two or three minutes, and all of a sudden the baby crying stopped, and they heard someone whisper, okay, let's just go, nobody's home. Holy. Which Could you mean, imagine if they had answered the door? Exactly. Like, that is so fucked up, because, like, these people were obviously playing, like, some recording of a baby crying on their phone to try and lure these people out. Holy. I couldn't, like... That's whenever I lay in my bed at night, I have a very small backyard. There's, it's, it's kind of crazy back there. There's lots of stuff back there. And uh, sometimes I think I hear somebody oh, rattling 100%. in the bottles or opening the gate. And I'll tell you, I'm going to buy a bat to have by yeah, my bed. Yeah, the other night I got a text from Dom being like, I'm going to buy a baseball bat to put by my bed. You should get one too. I'm like, what? Well, I mean, have you guys ever watched... Uh, what is it? Obsession, Dark Desires on Netflix. Watch that show. It's about stalkers and their real life victims. Uh, they kind of tell what happened to them and there's a reenactment throughout the whole thing. Um, I'll tell you, I don't get scared very often, but uh, she I don't know scared. what it was that scared the shit out of me. She kept texting me and telling me how scary the show is and I said, Dom, please stop watching it. And then I wake up the next morning to a text at 1am being like, I'm on episode 7, I can't stop. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I kind of have a problem. Anything that's fucked up or gory or, you know, just scary in general uh, really attracts my attention. But uh, that was something I found really scary. Um, one thing I did want to say, uh, we do have an email. It is wineandmurder99 at gmail.com. If anybody has any interesting stories, things that happen to friends, uh, things that happen to themselves, any... Yeah, kind of just like the story yeah. I told about my sister-in-law and her friend. We want to... If you had a brush with death, if you had a brush with... Stalker. Stalker, serial killer, just regular murderer, anything. Or we we want to hear just, about it. Even we'll just an incident that was really fucking strange yeah. that you don't have a full... That you don't have an explanation. Like, yeah. I was telling Dom today, I, 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 I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I, I go on walks on my lunch break at work quite frequently when it's nice out. And I was walking down the road in this industrial park in Calgary, and uh, I, I, I was listening to... I, I remember the murder just being, like, really fucked up. And I happened to look up, and walking towards me was this man not wearing any shoes, just staring at you walking. Just staring at me walking with no shoes on. And I thought, I'm dying today. I didn't, obviously. But, Thank uh, God. <laughs> but how, how weird is that? Just yeah. like those moments when you're like, what, what is going to happen to me in this situation? And, and I mean, it, it happened three years ago and I still vividly remember it. Yeah, something in your gut told you that this person wasn't safe. and Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's always best to listen to your gut in situations like that. I mean, some people are, I mean, especially, um, like, anybody who is a serial killer, a lot of times they're described as perfectly normal before what they do. 
Um, they usually have lots of friends. Maybe they um, have people that they bring around just to make it seem like they're normal. Yeah. But really, 100%. they are 100% insane. Yeah. Um, we also wanted to say, if you're not following us yet, please also follow us on either Facebook or Instagram. I know not everybody has both, but if you do, follow us on both. So it's just Wine and Murder ninety nine on Instagram and on Facebook I and on Facebook. Well. Yeah. Um, yeah, that'd be super. That'd be awesome. And we are super new, so if we say something that, um, you know, might not be 100% correct or yeah. uh, you may have a different opinion on, please share that information with us. We're, Absolutely. We're always willing to uh, do an edit to the show, or give you a shout ne- out. Yeah, maybe the next show we'll just correct any mistakes that we that we might have made. And yeah, because you I know, mean, I mean, we're just we're like, human. we're just two girls getting drunk on wine <laughs> at uh, so each should, other's house. We should also share that today we're drinking a Moscato. Barefoot. There, it was on sale for seven ninety nine. It's delicious. I mean, it's going down really smoothly. <laughs> we should also mention it's only twelve thirty on a Saturday it's during Saturday. the day. It's fine during the day. It's like we're having brunch without food <laughs> and just wine. Liquid diet. Liquid diet. <laughs> Anyways, well, we really appreciate you guys listening, and we hope you enjoyed it. There are more podcasts to come, and like we said, we're brand new to this, so we're gonna learn as we go and. Hopefully keep you interested, and hopefully you enjoyed the murders we shared with you today. Yeah, and we did actually want to give a shout-out to some of our favorite podcasts as well. Um, Some true crime podcasts that are just phenomenal. I listen a lot to Canadian True Crime. Um, It's very interesting, very detailed. She definitely does her research. And one of Jen's favorites is actually uh, my favorite murder. It's great. And they're, they're just two friends who met at a party... And realize that they like murder. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like I relate a lot to them and their podcast. I mean, it's not as, as structured, which I love about it, which is kind of like ours. Yeah. Um, but, they're, no, it's great. They're Take just having fun. Take a listen. Yeah. So, perfect. Um, yeah, definitely tune in weekly. We'll be uploading as often as we can. Uh, if we ever miss a week... Don't be afraid to email us and get on our asses. Uh, but, yeah. So, uh, keep your wine glasses full. And don't get murdered. (laughs) Bye. Bye.